Welcome to the latest in our Aberdeen Standard Investments Closed-End Fund podcast series, where we catch up with our closed-end portfolio managers and gain some perspective on these complex market conditions. Today, we are focusing on the high-yield fixed income space with the manager of the Aberdeen Income Credit Strategies Fund, ticker symbol ACP, Ben Packenham. Welcome, Ben. Hi, Dan. Ben, thanks for joining us from London. Uh, let's begin with your view on the high-yield bond and bank loan markets. And particularly, can you speak to the current economic cycle related to credit markets? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the view here is that the current environment is, is basically a supportive one for high-yield and leveraged loan markets, especially, and, and this is important, the sort of high-yielding sections of those markets. Um, the economic growth outlook is, is impressive. It's getting revised higher all the time. Um, nominal growth could get up to 10, 11% in the US, which is obviously a huge number. Um, that's kind of assuming about a 2.5% rates of inflation. Um, and though we think other parts of the world, particularly Europe, are likely to grow less fast, the rate of change, which you know, investors focus more on than absolutes, is still very large. So, you know, as a result, we think revenue growth um, and margin expansion will lead to pretty substantial deleveraging over the next couple of years, and this effect will be most notable on those sectors that the worst, you know, were the worst affected by COVID-19 and the subsequent shutdowns and restrictions that, that we, we all know too much about. Um, so, retail, leisure, transportation, energy, real estate, industrials, these are, these are the areas of the market that we think are likely to be the relative winners as they have been over the recent months, um, you know, particularly post the, the vaccine announcements, which started in early November. You know, the, the, the good news as well is that these are kind of the highest yielding areas of the market uh, as they were the most hard hit by the pandemic. So earnings collapsed. They had you know, incremental liquidity requirements over and above the more defensive parts of the market. Uh, this caused their balance sheets to become really stretched, um, which in turn led to low bond prices, obviously, uh, and ratings declines. ACP, as a natural buyer of high-yielding securities, gravitated towards those opportunities and has benefited spectacularly in the last six months or so as we use the crisis to rotate away from the more defensive sectors, by which I kind of mean you know, healthcare, TMT, that kind of thing, and allocate uh, more towards the sectors that I've just mentioned. Um, you know, we, we think that this dynamic will continue, uh, and we think it will continue to lead to compression, meaning that we think lower rated or higher yielding assets will on balance continue to outperform higher quality or the lower yielding sections of the high yield markets. And for those companies that managed to avoid defaulting uh, in the last year, we think they've probably made it out of the woods or you know high probability that they have at this point certainly for the coming years um you know incidentally default expectations are rapidly declining so the global default rate is expected to be somewhere in mid to high three percentage you know three percent by the end of the year um which is you know to compare to compare that's like mid sixes now and i think peaked at around seven percent last year um Finally, and also I think very importantly, you know, as the as the trajectory of economic activity kind of continues its upward momentum, um, the market begins to price in higher interest rate expectations. Uh, this is obviously very topical at the moment. So we've seen implied interest rates move substantially higher this year, especially in the U.S., 
um, where the 10-year Treasury, for example, has gone from, I think, about 0.9% at the beginning of the year to just north of 1.7% right at this moment in time. Um, we just had another big move this morning and yesterday after the FOMC meeting. Um, so that's that's a huge move, right, in the space of two and a half months. That's a massive move. Uh, we expect this kind of theme to continue, not to the same extent that it has, but we expect the kind of you know yields to continue rising or government bond yields to continue rising. Um, and it's important to kind of understand that those parts of the market that are most sensitive to interest rates or government bond yields are the highest quality parts of the market because they have less kind of yield or spread to protect you protect them from that underlying government bond move. Uh, and so that's another feature that we really like about sort of single Bs and triple Cs, which account for the bulk of the fund today. So that's a, that's a long-winded uh, answer to your question, Dan. Um, but yeah, covered, covered a reasonable amount of ground, hopefully. No, that's very interesting, Ben. I mean, you mentioned, you know, interest rates and you mentioned a very low default rate. Um, so I'm just curious on how do you assess risk when you're constructing and or managing a portfolio like ACP, which is very much in the high yield space? Yeah, and, and you know, again, because of the, the, the dividend payout um, that the fund requires and, and the kind of yield generation, we are we're not just in high yield, we're kind of in the high, generally in the higher yielding end of high yield. So the average rating on the fund is kind of single B, maybe B minus on a on a worst rated basis, which is a good couple of notches lower than the, the high yield average. So I think that's important to note. And obviously we yield a substantial amount more than, than the global index. Um, you know, maybe maybe double the, the global global index. So we are taking more risk. So the biggest risk, you know, this fund is obviously credit risk um, and we're constantly assessing the highest yielding and therefore most stressed parts of the market which means by definition we're exposing ourselves to default risk I mean there's no there's no beating around the bush with, with that um, uh, and you know we, we have to do that to, to as I said continue to pay out the um, pay out the dividend without you know taking too much impairment on the capital side so in order to generate those yields the implied default rate on the underlying instruments is, is pretty significant our job um obviously is to do the credit work assess the risks and ultimately buy the bonds that we think are overcompensating us for those risks and it's important to remember that you know we may still think a company is quite risky but just not as risky as the rest of the market thinks it is um fortunately we have a team of great sector analysts across the globe who do a brilliant job of kind of screening the most appropriate candidates for the fund. And then we as the fund managers look to get the best of those candidates into the fund. And there's a huge amount of work clearly in between in between, uh, in between those, those two things. Um, we also use leverage to, to boost the yield of the fund. And this means that we don't need to invest in quite such risky underlying companies as the portfolio yield would imply. So the leverage is, is there to basically, you know, get that get that that boosted yield in without having to generate quite such a high yield as the payout might imply. Leverage, of course, does come with its own risks. So, by investing in higher beta bonds, which generally the highest yielding bonds are, we also expose ourselves to drawdowns in market sell-offs. And we saw that in late 2018, and we saw it, you know, very acutely in March last year. Uh, and one of the issues we have with being levered is the need to stay within a certain ratio of debt to assets. Um, that's a requirement on the sort of facility itself. And therefore, as the net asset value of the fund declines, there's a need to repay debt. 
And this can lead to kind of crystallizing losses on bonds that we may not want to sell. And we did suffer a little bit from that last year, but ultimately we'd rather run the funds with more leverage and less risky underlying positions. Right. Thank you. And based on your comments about risk and uh, interest rates and default rates, have you reshaped the portfolio at all in light of this environment? Yeah, I mean, I think I sort of touched on that briefly in the introduction, um, but it's, it's pretty simple, really. I mean, we used the sell-off last year to rotate the fund into lower-rated bonds. Uh, we funded that by selling double Bs. Uh, you know, we've seen a, a quite substantial increase in the number of triple Cs and non-rated bonds in, in the fund. Um, and we also, you know, rotated into more cyclical sectors, and we funded that by selling defensive sector positions, which we think offer little value at this point. Um, from a sort of geographic perspective, we've also been rotating away from Europe a bit and buying more U.S. and yen positions, uh, where we think the relative value is slightly, slightly um, improved in those markets. Although we still do have a big position in Europe. Ben, uh, curious to know what the mood is among companies and management that you've been speaking with as of late. Yeah, I mean, broadly positive. I'd say almost unanimously positive. Um, I mean, there's a huge amount of pent-up demand. A lot has been written about that, and you know, maybe it won't all be spent, but I think people are keen to get out there again and, you know, enjoy life and, and get on with their lives. Um, and that will come with, with a meaningful amount of spending and savings rates you know, are, are just incredibly high by historic standards. Um, and so that's going to be very interesting and clearly a huge driver of, of the expected economic kind of growth that we're, we're, we're predicting and most people are. Um, you know, on top of that, there's really, you know, easy access to cheap capital that's so important particularly for levered companies like the ones that we're looking at you know the ability to access debt financing and the ability to you know to and, and to get low interest rates on that debt is just really important at sort of reducing the default risk or improving the sort of solvency ratios of those companies and there's been one of the really huge factors in why default rates have been so low in the last kind of decade plus um, you know Lots of access to capital, and that capital is very cheap, which means affordability is good for these companies. And then, you know, really importantly, again, supportive sponsors. So equity investors, both public and private, have been really keen to you know, provide capital, often in the form of equity capital. Um, uh, they just, you know, owners don't want to give up assets that they perceive to be good assets that have come under immense pressure on what they think is uh, and is likely to be a temporary basis, you know. Um, so if they need to put in more equity to protect their investment, then that's, that's the right thing to do. And we've seen that. And so we've seen a lot of very bondholder-friendly activity. Um, yeah, and, you know, kind of going back to the beginning of the question, I think I think there's a feeling of real optimism about the future as, as the vaccines get rolled out, restrictions get eased, and, you know, hopefully before too long we go back to a normal, much more normal environment. Well, we're, we're all looking forward to that, Ben. Uh, let me switch gears for a moment. Um, the Aberdeen Income Credit Strategies Fund, ACP, uh, is a closed-end fund. And from your perspective, how does the closed-end fund structure, the vehicle itself, help you to effectively manage a portfolio of high-yield bonds? Yeah, so this, I mean, they're, they're, they're two different animals, you know, open-ended, closed-ended. 
most of the funds I manage, most of the assets I manage are in open-ended vehicles. And clearly what we saw in, um, in, in, in the dark days of March last year was just huge outflows from risk assets in general. And of course, high yield was, was caught up in that. Um, and you're having to hit pretty low prices on bonds to fund those outflows. And it was, you know, it was an intense, um, intense period for, for investors. Um, so the, the beauty of being in a closed end fund is you're not subject to that dynamic. You're not seeing outflows from the fund. So you're not forced to fund outflows and crystallized losses. However, I did just mention, you know, the leverage on the fund and the fact that, you know, that, that does can create a similar dynamic because you're still subject to covenants and those covenants are a function of the, the, the asset value of the fund. So as the asset value falls, uh, within, in order to sort of stay within those covenants, you do need to, to, to pay down some of the, some of the debt facility. And we did have to do that last year. So, you know, ultimately, it was it was not as bad uh, as you know a fund seeing a 35, 40, 50 percent outflow, which did happen in some high yield market in some high yield funds, um, and not not ours, but in the market. And um, you know, so it's not nearly as bad as that, but it, it, it doesn't you know the leverage doesn't completely protect you from being forced sellers in, in weak markets. Um, ultimately, right. though, as I've touched on, you know, we think we've got the right balance between between you know the leverage and the underlying investment ultimately you've got a choice right you can either have if you're paying out 10 percent you can either have a, a um a portfolio full of bonds that yield 10 percent or you can have which that would be a pretty risky portfolio or you can have a portfolio that yields less than that so less risky underlying investments but with the leverage and we think that the, the, the latter is, is the safer way to play it right and finally ben what would you say to clients today to give them comfort that they should invest in high yield bonds? Yeah, I mean, I think for the same, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of go back to to what I said um, about you know the mood the mood of companies. I mean, it's very it's very similar. We think it's a good time to invest in in, in higher yielding high yield markets. Uh, the economic environment is such that we think there's going to be substantial deleveraging. Uh, we think. Uh, earnings are going to improve. We think um, the monetary and fiscal tailwinds that markets have been enjoying will continue in the main to be there for, for, for markets. Uh, although there's a bit of concern in the short term about inflation expectations and, and government bond yields, we actually see that as being broadly healthy. You know, government bond yields are increasing because the economic activity is increasing. I'd much rather have it that way around than you know, stuck in a low yield environment forever. Uh, and if you're worried about that, then, you know, stay away from the lowest yielding parts of the market, which are going to be most exposed to, to higher government bond yields. And this fund is, is as far away from, from that as you could get pretty much. And, um, you know, you've got a lot of, got a lot of buffer there for, to, to kind of cushion any increases in, um, in government bond yields. So, yeah, it's, it's looking pretty good for, for the companies that we're invested in. And, uh, I think it's, uh, an attractive proposition for, to be honest. Well, thank you, Ben, for your insights today. Uh, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in. You can find out more about the fund at www.aberdeenacp.com. I'm Dan Buchanan with Aberdeen Standard Investments. Do look out for future episodes.